You're listening to Inside the Minds Podcast with Dante Marsh and Ryan Hyde, where we talk about sports, life, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. The myth, the legend, breath. <laughs> hey, I appreciate y'all having me on this show, man. I'm hey, I'm blessed, man. I appreciate y'all, man. I'm blessed to be alive. I'm thankful to be alive. I'm thankful to be even part of a conversation that has to do with professional sports because it's not easy to get into professional sports and people don't understand that. They don't just say, Hey, guess what? When you get in junior high, high school, you're going pro. It's like a blueprint. There ain't no blueprint. Really, if you don't got it inside you, you're not going to get to that next level, whether it's indoor football, arena, CFL, NFL. You got to have something in you that says, you know what? I'm going to do what I got to do to get to this next level. I'm going to knock down doors. I'm going to sign in the weight room. I'm going to sign at the practice field. I'm going to sign them when it's time for them me to get on the board and show them that I know my plays. That's really taking it to a next level, not just going out there and say, I can run a go and a, and a slant. No, do you not understand that it's cover two and how to run a slant? Do you know it's press inside? Do you not run? You know what I mean? So I love talking about sports, any sport, even lacrosse. I talk about lacrosse. We can do it. I love the competitive nature of just life, family. That's why that's why we got you on here. So, you know, I'm going I'm to let Ryan introduce you, but we can have a motherfucking conversation, Arlen. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, I'm with it, fam. I'm clocked in. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, you know, before we jump into it, this uh, once again, this platform is for um, uh, Ryan. Initially, reached out to me, and I was one of his first, one of the first guys he he did a podcast with uh, when the quarantine first started, and we had a good show and. Man, we just hit it off, man. And one thing led to another, and then we created a, a show together. Shit was crazy. <laughs> so, I kind of want to take this um, this platform, not being like another podcast. There's a gazillion out there at this point, especially due to quarantine. A lot of guys have uh, jumped into this. But um, we want to kind of take it in the area of the homie Matt Barnes and how they getting down. Like, just... We're we're former athletes, obviously, but there's more to uh, Arlen Bruce than him catching touchdowns and shit. You know what I mean? So we we're 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 creating a platform so people who aren't privy to have been in the locker room on a team with a guy like yourself, myself, uh, the G Roy's of the world, and the Nip Steagles and all the other Corey Banks, all all the other guys, Damon, all the guys that we know are peers. 
to give an insight, you know, insight. They can get an inside peek at the person because to a lot of people, you a guy running around with a helmet on. And after, and, and you know, like I know Arlen, after you done playing ball, a lot of times people forget who you are. And, and I know some. Sorry, Dante, I think too, with that being said, um, I think the media misconstrued who Arlen Bruce was as a person. Uh, and Arlen, I'm sure you can attest to that. Well, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure meeting you, Ryan Hyde. I don't really know too much about your background. I I did a little research, uh, but you seem very knowledgeable on what you're talking about, and that's good to know. With somebody who's who backs up CFL players, it's not just NFL, NBA. You know what I mean? The guys that's making millions. You show love to people who put in that work, and and they showed it. You know what I mean? That's I appreciate that. Nice meet you, man. Thanks, Arlen. Nice to meet you too. I got my popcorn ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I got my popcorn ready. I'm ready. That's awesome. Yeah, get, we try to get a little less away from like the cookie cutter shit is what Dante and I call it. Um, I mean, we can go all day and talk about your stats and shit, and, you know, crazy numbers and this and that. But we also want to get to know you as a player, you know, as a person, what makes Arlen Bruce tick um, and all that kind of stuff as well. So. Okay. Yeah, that's what's up. Whatever's on your mind, brother. Shoot the shit. Well, right now, man, let me get some light in here. Sorry about that. That's okay. We still got to introduce you anyways. Sorry, Dante. I kind of took over there for a second. Cool, man. Look, hey, it's organic, baby. It's organic. Yes, sir. No, we was having a conversation, Arlen, the other day, right? And I was like, yo, I, I got to get Arlen on, on the podcast. That, mother, that motherfucker right there is that he this gonna be a good conversation right so like you and you like hunt and banks these are all good like interviews right so yeah um i was telling ryan like i said okay so when i first came in the league arlen was with toronto him dre Rodman, I, I had a, you know i'm a db man we, we you know we was we, we had to be on our shit right so um, Tony Miles, the list goes on. So, um, for me, um, going against you, and I never really covered you that much early on because you was always on the inside. But nonetheless, man, you you was one of them dudes. Like, shit, we played him, man. That that goddamn Arlen Bruce, right? So, motherfucker didn't like you because we <laughs> want to be. Right. So I said, well, look from afar, people, you know, talked a lot of there were there were there were a lot of negative things talked about you individually per oh, se. Like and the same happened with Sanchez. I didn't like Sanchez. We played the same position and shit. And I thought he was arrogant. I thought he's a punk and all that other shit, right? But yeah. when I got the opportunity, because we competed against each other, being on different teams, when I finally got the opportunity for you to be my teammate. I'm like, yo, I don't know what the fuck they talking about. I, I fucks with him. Like, he's a competitor. He bring it every day in practice. He cool as shit. 3-1, 3-1. Like, I do. Like, I, 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 have to tell, I have to tell this story because a lot of people don't know that because they're not going to work with you and going to war with you, right? So when I finally got a chance to be your teammate, I'm like, and all that shit he was doing on the TV in Toronto with the mask and the thriller shit, like they tripping. He cool as shit. I I like him on my team. Like, Entertainment. He, he 
<laughs> it was like you people like from afar. That's why. That's why. Here's the thing. Because me and Ryan was talking about this right like a week ago, and I was like, "Yo, that motherfucker can play." Like he came in and he he helped bring us that other dynamic offensive player because remember at the time you know I think we um we we traded Thelwell I believe um Thelwell wasn't with us because he had a couple stints in BC Brazel was gone so G Roy was kind of like the the guy by himself at this point and that's all we really had because we had injuries and a bunch of young guys so when yeah. we were to get you over there man that helped take us over the top you and Tad Cornegate so you know, I just I just have to put that out there. A lot of people pass judgment on people that don't really know because they're not around you like that. Yeah. See, so, I, I think I got criticized most of the time because after I did something after my touchdown, it wasn't me getting DYs or beating a woman ass or, you know, having parties, staying out, live, missing curfew. It was like what I did on the field that I got criticized for Cause I score, I'm, I think I'm number five in all-time touchdowns as receiver in the CFL. So it's hard to score a touchdown, family. So I'm like, I'm doing something, bro. It's hard to get in the end zone. You know what I'm saying? I'm, you know, when I first came to Canada, it was like, bro, you can do whatever you want. What? I thought it was like college. Because you get fined in college if you go over the top. So when I first went to Winnipeg, I scored in some Jordans. I said, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. I fell in love with Canada. Bro, I turned the NFL down three times because I didn't want to just be a number, like you said, run around in a helmet. You know, I turned down Detroit. I turned down Buffalo and Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? But when I did uh, come back to Canada, it was it was all love across the whole country. Bro, I mean, people loved you in Canada because you left your country and came up here and represented their country and they city. They love that. They, they give you so much love, bro. And, I mean, if they do a merger, it'd be good for the salaries. But if they don't, it's still good for the CFL because it's a great game, bro. And they should expand into the into America because 80% of the people that play in Canada are from America. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I agree. I agree. Those, I, those sentiments, I, listen, I agree. And I think it'll be more beneficial for the league than detrimental. And, I mean, if you got to change, like, here's the thing people got to understand. We know it's the CFL, it's the Canadian Football League. At one point, it was paying higher salaries in the NFL. That Rocket Ismail era, like 90, 91, you know, when they was doing the went, went, woo, woo to get those star players up there. Obviously, you can't compete with the NFL and the gazillion dollar TV deals and all the marketing. They run, they run it down here with the, with, with that sport. Football is numero uno down here. So I get it. It just it don't make dollars. It don't make sense. However. Football, and I, and I always say this when we talk about these things, people got to remember, Al Davis, rest in peace, represent my hometown, Oakland Raiders. They will always be the Oakland Raiders. I don't give a fuck if they play on the moon. They're always going to be from the town. That part. Anyway. 510. 510. 510. So you got uh, Al Davis. You had the owner for the Chiefs. You had a bunch of those AFL guys. Remember, there was no there. It was an NFL and AFL. Then they merged. That they took over the landscape for sports because baseball at the time was America's pastime, right? So my whole thing is every time we had this conversation in regards to the Canadian Football League, a lot of people don't understand how great it is because you got guys like Warren Moon who had to go up there first, who's a Hall of Famer in two leagues. You got DA 
who's Marcus Allen's younger brother who played deals 40 something years old, phenomenal player. We, I got a chance to play two years with Cameron Wake before he went and started in the NFL. There's a lot of great ballers up in the league that people need to know about the league. And I think that merger will give it more credibility because you'll get better players. And here's what people don't understand. At some point, Canada, there will be a sustainable alternative league here in the United States. That's not the NFL. At some point, it will finally work. And if and when that does, that's going to create a huge talent pool loss for the Canadian football. So get ahead of the game. I think the rock is a, is a, is a very, uh, he's the dude, like he 20 a list actor. He's the guy. He's got a huge following, great popularity. I think it can work. You just got to make the model. And he played in the league. Right. And that money, that money is going to attract better players. Cause here's the deal. Let's keep it 100, Arlen. You know, you, you, you leave the United States. I'm in one of the most expensive States, California, but you go up there and let's say you, you, you making $80,000, but let's say the, 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 the exchange rate is at 72%. Well, you, you getting whooped over the head three, four times. So if there's yep. a system here, that's going to pay 60 to 80 grand, they're not, and they don't have to do an exchange rate. They're not going to, and they ain't got to leave the U S they're not going to go up there. Sure. That's why do you, you saw so many people retiring after that inactive COVID season. Cause they had to, they had to figure something out money wise. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want the players, cause there's goo gobs of players here that, that, that should have roster spots in the league. And that's something we'll talk about too, Arlen. Cause a lot of people don't know it's a bunch of wham, wham, foo, foo in that too. <laughs> so, well, uh, you know, uh, I'm currently director of international scouting for a major company out of New York, Buffalo, New York. It's called And Sports and Entertainment. You can look that up, And Sports and Entertainment. Uh, so what I do, I work with NFL, CFL, Major League Baseball, NBA players, and uh, get them on different rosters. So right now I, I talk to uh, five CFL teams, a couple NFL teams, uh, one or two NBA teams, and uh, I look for the players that we have in our organization and get them on rosters. So last week I talked to uh, the BC Lions, the the Red Blacks, the Edmonton Elks. Most of their rosters are full right now, you know, because of camp and the beginning of the season, which makes sense. So, but they do call me and say, hey, uh, we're looking for a lineman. I got a lineman, I got a few receivers, uh, some guys that you introduced me to, I'm working for them too. yeah, and I'm also, I got a limo service out here in Edmonton. I'm currently in Edmonton right now. Edmonton, Alberta, I'm working with a limousine service, Emmons Limousine. And uh, I'm also working with a water company. You heard of BLK Water, Black Water, Alkaline so, yeah. Water? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'm having a big event in Las Vegas this weekend. I'm not going to be there, but my banner is going to be there. My, my representative, Nick Lewis, is going to be there hosting an event at a circle lounge uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, it's going to be two days, the 16th and wait, what day is Saturday and Sunday this 17th, weekend? 17th, 18th. Yeah. So it's going to be uh, at circle, circle this weekend. It's going to be a big event introducing 
a new way to do fantasy football. It's going to be a big, big, huge launching. My BLK water is going to be there. It's black water. It's alkaline water. Uh, there's also different flavor waters that go with it with different fulvic minerals, uh, eight different flavors from coconut to dirty lime to strawberry rhubarb to blackberry to blueberry to watermelon. Uh, so I'm launching that. I'm having a big picnic back in my hometown, Olathe, Kansas, north side Olathe. We having a, uh, I'm, I'm sending BLK and cases of water back to my hometown. I also work with a water company out here in Edmonton called Arctic Chiller, who is the distributor for BLK Water, which their headquarters is out of Calabasas and Las Vegas in America, but the distributors here in Edmonton, Alberta. So I work with Arctic Chiller and they do private labeling. So I put my football poles on water, sparkling water bottles. And uh, and I did a, 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 a mock-up for a couple of casinos I'm working for. River Creek Casino, you know River Creek Casino, right? In Edmonton. So I had, uh, I had my company, Arctic Chiller, do a mock-up water bottle for them. So they'd probably be ordering from so I set it up with my company. They'll probably be ordering. So that's what I'm doing out here. I met them through my limo company because we first went in there just to get uh, my name and my picture on the limo for the limo company. And then I seen the BLK water and I found out it was alkaline water and I'm big in alkaline water. And now I'm working for the company and uh, it's about to be bigger than this. You'll probably hear more about it. Um, I have my uh, QR code and my banner set up here in the next couple of days. I can send y'all an email and let y'all know. And if y'all looking for a sponsor, I can see about getting a sponsor for your radio, yes, for your sir. podcast. Yeah, we are looking for that. So Definitely. I can send y'all some cases. Y'all can represent that BLK water. Take to another level. Definitely interested in that. Is there any way y'all can get down to Vegas this weekend? <laughs> not, not me. Maybe Dante. I got, I got a camp to do for uh Lil Crawford in there. We we got a camp that he do every year on on Saturday. But uh, we could we could we could. I'm shoot. I'm not that far. So if I get a good enough uh heads up in advance, a couple of weeks, I could slide on out the bag. Well, let me tell you who also works for BLK Water. He's you're a fan. I don't know if you're a fan of him, but you're a fan that he played for your team, the Raiders. He's one of my partners. Rial Johnson's brother, Tao Johnson. Oh, the twins? They're not twins, but they almost twins. <laughs> yeah, I know who they You know are. what I'm talking about, right? You talking about? Yeah, so he's uh he's uh, he's one of my partners. He's actually a, he's a big time consultant for the company. So nice. yeah. But man, on another note, man, I'm working with some rappers. I got some artists out here, man. I, hey, look, I got some gangster rappers out here. I got some singers. I got a country pop, uh, excuse me, a pop singer. I mean, a country rock singer. His name is Be David Petrovar. I got a female singer in Vancouver. She sang the national anthem, Canadian anthem, uh, American, Canadian. Her name is Sarah SK. She's real. Y'all got to check her out, man. Y'all want to get her on the show to sing the national anthem, the Canadian or the American. She'll do that for y'all. She's a very beautiful lady out of Vancouver. Uh, she wants me to be her manager. 
And I got another country rock singer that's amazing. Y'all should get him on the show. David Petrovar. I can call him and get him on one day. Yeah, for and sure. David and the Titans out of Edmonton, Alberta. Okay. Where are you at right now, Ryan? Where are you I'm, in, uh, I'm in Port Alberni, uh, which is on Vancouver Island. Oh, nice. Oh, I'm that's just, real. Uh, skipping a jump away from Vancouver, yeah. Yeah, I'll be in Vancouver uh, Thursday morning. I'll be in Vancouver. I'll be for uh, two weeks. Hopefully in September, uh, we're going to go to the Lions and uh, Rough Rider game, September 24th. So that's why I'll be in Vancouver. So you got the BC Lions song? Are y'all going to play it on your podcast? Uh, I don't even think I freaking remember that song. <laughs> and I'm not lying. <laughs> well, can, you, can you play this at least on your podcast? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> for the whole country nice it's gonna always resonate that's awesome so ryan <laughs> uh, the introduction let's get into this shit man let's go are we already past the introduction dante pretty much <laughs> i mean you know well, okay so here we go so we're uh probably quarter way through the show right now but we'll i'll wrap it off anyways uh today's guest played 13 pro football with the winnipeg blue bombers san francisco 49ers toronto argonauts Hamilton Ticats, BC Lions, and Montreal Alouettes. He won two Grey Cups and numerous CFL All-Star Awards. Please welcome Arland Bruce. The third. How's it going, Arland? Man, thanks for having me, man. I'm telling you, this is amazing, bro. Y'all added 10 years to my life. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, we're going we gonna to get the guys on here because people need to know uh, – what, are you, what you're up to now, what you're doing post-football career. Uh, like I said earlier, this is a platform to where, where you can express yourself. I mean, it's not an X-rated show, but feel free to, you know, talk. We're just having a conversation. It's not, you know, we want it to be uh, raw and uncut. It's just basically we don't want to script it ass, run down your stats, because this is not about you so much as an athlete. If you no want doubt. to you know, talk more so about your athletic prowess in your career, feel free, but I am giving, and Ryan is giving, we're giving you guys a platform, us a platform for you to express yourself and talk about shit that's that's important because you're more than just a jock. Well, you so, know what's important? <laughs> Why is women making so much more money than men nowadays? <laughs> it's, I mean, now you're on no, your it's, it's, it's changed from when my mama was making money to now. <laughs> But you have a lot of, uh, I think you, I think what it is, is you have a lot of women, you know, post, uh, what is that, Title IX, you have a lot of women post Title IX and the equality issue thing. And, and so much, you have affirmative action, which benefited, you know, Caucasian women more than it did for any black person. That's a whole nother conversation. Um, 
when you have these uh, Me Too groups and all this stuff, you know, almost kind of like you have to, I'm not saying these aren't qualified individuals, so people please don't bash. I'm just saying this is across the board. It's like certain, certain, certain jobs, right? They have a, uh, it's like they have to go through a it's kind of like you're almost forced to hire a certain demographic, if that makes sense. Yeah. Not, not at all am I saying they aren't qualified, but you know, there's a bunch of qualified women that do they do do they dug it. I'm not let's let's not let's not mis misconstrue that. But what I'm saying is it's not really just based on the merit of the quality of work. It's based on a lot of other things, right? So yeah. we finna get into you just open up Pandora's box because uh, we was having a conversation. <laughs> saw a video on Instagram, right? Uh, the other day, there's a woman, she had her camera, you know, was, you know what time it is. And they were in a spot and she was living. There was a transgender in the women's side of the spot, like with its penis out, like, and it's little girls in there, it's women in there. But since that individual identified as a transgender, they allowed him to go into the woman's section. And I I just, I, I couldn't fathom. I just, I was, I was, I was so like, just, I thought it was fake. I, I can't believe in 2021 that some shit like that could happen. Like, so basically I can say today I identify as a woman. So let me go on in the, in the yeah. girl's locker room. You get what I'm saying? So I just, um, <laughs> oh, that, that, is, that is a, you know, a, you know, even the highest, the highest people, the richest of rich, Aaron Rodgers even said it. Mental health is an issue in this world today. Mm -hmm. That's a mental health issue that yeah. needs to be spoken about. And people talk about the Bible and the Quran and all these other religions, but they don't talk about the real the, the truth behind what's written, the hidden truth, you know, like it says, it says, it says in any spiritual aspect you can think of that that's not right. That's not, that's, that's not a, that's not a, the right state of being. So when you say you can't believe it or whatever, that's a, that's a, that's a mental health issue. That's not a, you woke up one day and said, Blah 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 blah. No, that's a mental issue. I get what you're saying, but my whole thing was I guess what I was saying is you know it's a problem in the world when that let me say this you know it's a problem in the world when people are more concerned or worried about discriminating against a transgender versus what is right. Hey, there's little girls and there's women yeah. in this in this area. Yeah, you, you get what I'm saying? That shit yeah. don't make no sense. As a father, well, you got, I, well, I, every, I, I wouldn't be. I, everything cool starts that. somewhere, bro. Everything starts somewhere. Like if somebody was a drug addict, they didn't just start being a drug addict in a week. It started somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you got to go back to the root of the history of where, how we even got to where we at right now, from religion to the Roman Empire, from the Greek mythologies, from the paganism to all that that just. It's all washed up in the world today. People don't really know which the world is upside down. You know where that you know where that drug use usually starts from is trauma. That's where it starts from. 
Mm. Yeah, because you're trying to trying to hide, you're trying to run away from reality. Yeah. You know, you know, nine times they, out of ten, they, that they, the, and then the other one tenth would be uh peer pressure, I would say. Uh, but it's usually right. trauma-based and they're usually trying to escape something, right? Right. And I mean, you know, they, you know, marijuana was is once called a gateway drug, you know. Yeah. There's a there's a there's image of of people who get you know lured into the to the drug world you know smoke a little pot and then you know after that they you know elevate to something else but um for the most part i, I think you i think you hit the nail on the head i think you know it, it, it's a escape from reality for a lot of people there's some traumas there's some um unresolved issues and now they, see they the only see. time i speak on something is if i relate to it or if i if i know what i'm talking about. if i don't know what i'm talking about if i ain't experienced i won't speak up on it I had a I had a tough, tough, rough experience after having a concussion, bro. I was in the hospital for like a month and a half. I was I was thinking crazy thoughts. I was seeing shit. They tried to put me on a whole bunch of pills. I snapped out of that shit, man. People don't know what I went through with them headaches after my concussion. They have no idea. He's like, oh, he looks great. He can play. He's not, no, you have no what was going on internal. I was damn near ready to call it quits. And I was on the highway, running on the highway. Nobody noticed it. I, I don't even really want to talk about it now, but it was like that, bro. Like, I got admitted to a hospital, bro, because the way I was explaining my headaches was like, I felt like I'm getting electrocuted. And I'm standing in water getting electrocuted. Wow. And nobody, they, the, the hospital thought I was crazy, family. I swear to God. And they tried to put me on these pills and strap me down, family, and said I was crazy. See, Arlen, then, Arlen, Arlen, that's also a trauma too, though, right? In a sense, you had an injury, which was a trauma, which led to them pushing yeah. pills on you, right? Still a trauma. Yes, sir. But listen, they tried to put all these pills on me after about three weeks, and I threw them all out. Or I wouldn't be here today functioning. I'd have been walking around like a little zombie, peeled up, drugged up, all that, man. And it yeah. took it took perseverance and holistic healing and rehabilitation to get to what level I'm at now, back to my winning level. With yeah. when I felt like I was when I got traded to the BC Lions in 2011, when they was 0-8 or 0-5 or whatever it was. I felt like that today on that level. I think. Yeah. And, and Arlen, you know what, like when I had my construction accident, um, I fell 45 feet off a balcony, almost died four times, yada, yada, yada. They were pushing Ooh. a lot of shit on me too. And I said no to a lot of it, just suffered through the pain, realizing that I remember seeing my dad's brother become addicted to painkillers in the early eighties. And it, part of my mm -hmm. language, it fucked him up. Like it, this stuff really fucks people up. And if you can realize that and deal with these things without these pills, like you did Arlen, um, you know, you'll come out on top, hopefully, right? Yeah. So people also Yeah, so this water company I'm working with, uh this uh there's a there's a cannabis store in, in uh Edmonton in Ontario. I know the owner, he owns 10 locations, and they're coming out with a THC water and a CBD water, lime water. Huh. So my water company that I'm working with is probably gonna be their distributor once the government allows them uh to uh, once the government permits them to grow to produce this water yeah. so my water company so if you ever need private label for your 
for your radio show to say, hey, we got uh in in what is it? In your minds? Inside the minds. Inside the minds. Inside the minds. If you want your own water label, you know, I can make that happen for y'all, man. If you want to uh, you know, you know, a special one made up, I got a company right here in Edmonton that can do that for y'all, man. And there's awesome. anybody else that would like to follow along. But I want to get them cases to y'all soon. Yeah, thanks, Erland. We're still waiting yeah, for some yeah, stuff from Pat Militich that hasn't shown up yet. So maybe you can beat everybody too. And also some autographed gloves from uh, uh, from uh, uh, Art Jimerson. I haven't got those yet either. So somebody's going to come through eventually. Oh, shit. Oh, I'll come through. Hey, I'll come through in the club. All I got to do is sit here and dress. Milt Stickle <laughs> came through with that jersey. So I'll give, I'll, you know, sorry, Milt. We forgot about you. Oh, oh Milt Stickle, that's my guy. Arlen, my right here, man. Arlen, if you could put a jersey up there, I'll love you forever. I don't even know where I can get a jersey yet. All my jerseys <laughs> been sold or auctioned off. Oh, that <laughs> sucks, man. Dante can't even get me one, so. No, real talk. So you know I, what? I, I might. What do you? What's what team you want? I got five teams, seven teams. What team you want me to get you? BC Lions. All right, that number one. Okay. All right. So, Arlen, I'll be trying to tell people, like, I have my two Cup jerseys in the frame, and then I have one, one jersey left. And it was from when we was playing at Empire, the, the throwback orange ones with the black number. People don't understand, think we just got all these jerseys. I'm like, bro, I done called BC and talked to Neil a few times. Yeah, take, we got a new, uh, uh, yeah, did he call you? No, ain't nobody called me, man. I still ain't got that jersey. So it's not as easy as, as you would think. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. and apparently yeah. I remember bugging Mike Edom for a, a game jersey and he was saying I'm actually not allowed to I have to pay for them and uh, oh, yeah. you know my manager already said like I can't give it out I actually don't even own this piece of Saskatchewan Rough Riders property to give it to anybody right so yeah well, did you say, say Mike Edom I did say Mike Edom yeah I'm a big Mike Edom fan I played with him in Montreal Yes, you did. And I'm trying to get him. I've talked to him on social media. He's come out and met us for a couple of rider games, um, you know, come out and talk to us and stuff. And I've been dying to get him on this podcast. Man, I had to keep his head up, man. He got down on himself a lot. You know, I'm a veteran. So I'm like, man, you got potential to play like Ronnie Lott out here. You that potentially good. And Mike Eden is, yeah. And, and he really turned things around when he, uh, when he got to uh, Saskatchewan. He found like a new home. BC started to turn things around. Was playing really well. Went to Saskatchewan and just lit it up. Lit it up in the back end. He's doing really well. Hey, so, uh, <laughs> so, are you um, an Eagles fan? Philadelphia Eagles fan? Shit, yeah, brother. Okay, uh, one of my good friends played with the Eagles. Who's that? Darren Sproles. Shut up. You're a good we friend of the same Sproul. high school. Was Sproul we trained? We went to the same high school. He came after me. Arland, if you can get Darren Sproles on this podcast, don't worry about any jerseys. I'll love you forever. <laughs> yeah, that's my little protege. That's awesome. Yeah, Darren Sproles was wicked. I was um, a bit of a Sproles hater when he when he was with New Orleans. A really good player, don't get me wrong. But then when he came to Philly, man, oh, amazing. Let me tell you a story about uh, Marcus Allen, Damon Allen, and who else did you mention? Who else? Warren Moon. Yeah. Warren Moon. So in high school, I won player of the year, Kansas and Missouri. 
And Marcus Allen and Brian McCray surprised me. The whole school surprised me and presented me this three-foot trophy, the Simone Award. And then that was in 1996. He was playing for the Chiefs then, Marcus Allen was. Okay. It was amazing. And then, so, 2001. Didn't your son win that same? Your son yeah, my son time. won it two years years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Darren Sproles won it too. Nice. That's dope. But uh <clears throat> I ended up playing with Marcus Allen's brother and winning the Great Cup. Ain't that amazing? Yeah. And then I ended up playing with Warren Moon in 2000 with the Kansas City Chiefs. And he used to always say, Bruce, every day. So he <laughs> told me about the CFL. They had a picture in the paper of me and Warren Moon talking in my local paper because I was a local hero in Kansas City. You know what I'm saying? So that's awesome. Yeah, man, it's crazy, man. The CFL. If I was in the NFL, I don't think it would have happened like that. The NFL is so niched together with so many first round draft picks, NFL players. Man, I played with like six first round draft players, draft picks in, in uh Winnipeg and Toronto. Uh John Avery, Jackie Mitchell, uh, John Mitchell, uh Ricky Williams, Andre Risen was out there. I mean so many celebrities come through Toronto and play. You know, they always get that high-end roster. I think yeah. that's why everybody in the league hated Toronto because they always yeah. – see, I left the NFL and came to Canada. You know what I'm saying? So that's why they was like, man, this nigga thank you all that. He left the, he left the league. He came up here balling. Thank you. <laughs> but I, I, didn't, I wasn't coming up to the Canada to go back. I was coming up here like, whoa, I really like it up here. But I did not want to leave Toronto, man. But that coach came in there with his – he came in there like he was Tom Coughlin trying to run this shit. I, I like, man, what you got us in here like running? Like, you're not Tom Coughlin. You know what I'm saying? He came in there with his high horse hat on, Bart Andrews. He didn't like me, but he said, you can do whatever you want to when you score a touchdown. I did the Michael Jackson tribute, and he, they traded me the next week. It was crazy. <laughs> but I thought I was going to be in Toronto forever, family. I thought, you know, I thought that was it. I thought that was it. Bro, but I remember you did smack me in my ribs, though, when I did 2005. I'll never forget that, when you had dreads. I remember that, bro. I don't forget that. You had dreads in 05, right? You had yes, the blonde yeah. dreads at the bottom. Yeah, I remember that. You hit me in my ribs. I remember that. <laughs> and, then, and then when I was playing for Montreal, bro, I was so jet-lagged. I ran the slowest post you could ever run in fucking history and got picked wow. off. He was like, no, I ran the wrong route. <laughs> I ran the slowest. We had the four-string quarterback in there. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! It was like playing you high outside shade. I tell you, I'm running inside. But he was staring, you know, because I, you know, I read, I be sitting on routes. So when you when you broke in on the inside, I was like, all right, he threw it at a, a like an 18-yard out. I was like, where the hell he, he wasn't supposed to throw it to me. They were just trying to get me off because I was back at home. They're like, oh, he's back at home. We got to get him off this week. Right. I was tired. <laughs> I know, but when you broke in, he threw that shit out. I'm like, okay, thank you. And then he almost got me hit. You like, bro, I could have really got you. That time I came all the way across the field, he was like, I could have got yeah. you on that because he bled me. I was like, I know. He trying to kill me out here. Man, I'm telling you, yeah. hey, listen, you would have thought it was the the real league that I practice every day with the BC Lions, every day, from the coaching staff, from the defense, to the special teams, to the players, to the damn trainers. 
It was like it was like League D one all mixed into one. <laughs> you know, I played at elite colleges too. So Blue Hutchinson, Hutchinson Blue Dragons. That's why I went to college, junior college, Hutchinson Blue Dragons. And then I went to Minnesota. The only reason I went to Minnesota, people always ask me this, is because a coach from KU, I signed with KU my junior year in high school. But my overall grade from ninth grade to twelfth grade didn't wasn't sufficient enough. I needed a two five, and I had a two four four, and I took the ACT three times and got a seventeen, a sixteen, and a sixteen, and uh, so the overall GPA didn't wasn't sufficient enough to go D one. So I had to go to junior college, and while I was at junior college, Glenn Mason got fired from KU and went to Minnesota. He was gonna go to Minnesota or University of Georgia. And he chose the Big Ten, and that's how I got recruited again. They signed me and shit, balled out, knocked off Penn State, went to the Sun Bowl, scored in the Sun Bowl, balled out my senior year, got worked out, got an agent. Shit, they was like, do you still want to play football? I said, hell yeah, I still want to play football. Chiefs called me, gave me a signing bonus. <laughs> Harley, running back at first, wasn't he? Yeah, bro. So, yeah, my uh, all through high school. And then uh, my junior year, wait, was it my junior? Yeah, my junior year in Minnesota, Thomas Hammer from Ohio. You heard of him? He was a running back, bro. He bought out my year because they brought me up there to replace him because he was struggling. There was like four or five running backs. So they had me coming up there to beat a man, and he bought out. So I went over to the receiver coach and the running back because I said, bro, I got to get on the field. Whatever I got to do, I do whatever. I change positions. They're like, you want to play receiver? I said, yeah. So I moved the slot back my senior year and got nice at it, bro. But I really got nice my senior year in the offseason and when I met with uh, Andre Rising. That was my mentor. That's who got me. That's who got me like I am now, bro. I give him all the props. Wow. The receivers we had in 2000 with the Kansas City Chiefs, we had a whole – we had some raw talent from from uh, uh, Tony Gonzalez, uh, Aaron Lockett's daddy, Kevin Lockett, uh, Derek Alexander, Kirby Dardar, uh, Sylvester Morris, who else was – Dante Hall, uh, uh, Dre Rising, who else uh, – Scott Coleman was out there. We had some, we had some, some beasts out there, man. I learned a lot. Played against, played against dirty ass DBs like James Hasty, Carl Gray, Eric Warfield, Chris Dishman. You know, I played against them goons like old school cats. That's what got me hard. You know what I'm saying? But you remind me of a mad plumber when you played. I used to battle against him every day in San Fran. Bro, when they gave him $29 million and I came out to practice, I was like, they gave this nigga, I was to myself, they gave me $29 million. I'm just, I'm routing him. I'm routing him in the slot, bro. I'm nice now in the slot. Routing outs, corners, slants, digs. I'm like, bro, I'm giving it to, and then they gave Jason Webster $20 million. I'm out here routing him. Man, it was crazy, bro. And then I got hurt. I had to get surgery on my elbow. That's what set me back. I'd have been a millionaire in Cali, family. Straight up. Talk about that. A lot of people don't know that. They think they think the league, everybody is a 
a superstar. No, there's a lot of guys that are just very good that work hard that that work themselves into being, you know, all pros. Everybody is not a freak of nature. And you will be surprised by some of the guys making that kind of money in that league. Talk talk because you just kind of alluded to it just a second ago. So talk about that in regards to allowing people to because I mean I've talked about it. I just it's good to to, to let people in to understand. The NFL is a lot of great guys, a lot of great athletes, phenomenal athletes in that league. However, most of those teams, they're only made up. It's probably, and you can attest to this, all. it might be five freaks of nature on a football team. And the rest of them are That's guys it. that are really good. So, so Five is a lot. Five is a lot. You was there, you was there in San yeah, Fran with so- yeah, I was with so the so the picture in 2003 is me, T.O. Well, here's a picture that goes from left to right. It's Brandon Lloyd, Arnez Battle, myself, uh, Cedric Wilson, Ty Streets, and Brandon Lloyd. Did I say Brandon Lloyd? Yeah. Yeah, so it was us six. Nice. Yeah, it was nice. It was us six. See, I took a guy, you you heard of Jimmy Williams? Yeah. He's yeah. a DB from Vanderbilt. So they just liked him because his attitude, but he wasn't really no corner. He couldn't cover nobody really. He just he had heart. He was he had heart. So they loved him. He was a down ass dude. But I they seen what I could do on pump return, right? And they benched him and let me start. But I had no technique on catching punts, bro. I was just raw talent, catch it down here the wrong way. So they seen what I could do when I get the ball because I balled my whole preseason with the Niners before I before the season so I balled out in every preseason game all four of them and then week one came I bought out more of a receiver than I did special teams I did well on kickoff had a 65 yard kickoff return against the Raiders and then but the punt return I struggled because I didn't have the proper technique you know them punts is different than the CFL because you looking up here for like damn near 10 seconds you know so that's what hurt me. I muffed a couple punts, and that and they didn't feel confident in me, and that's what got me demoted. Because I bought all training camp, but I didn't really get that many opportunities at punt return, but I got more opportunities at kick return and slot. But they seen I muffed on a punt, so they kind of wiped away everything. You see what I'm saying? And I was a free agent coming from the CFL. So it was harder on me anyway. Everything was watched <laughs> you know what i'm saying they're like oh he can go back to the cfl with that you feel in back of my mind that's what i'm thinking so i had to prove myself when you come from the cfl you gotta prove yourself bro even more in the league because it ain't like them people that come over from nfl europe they kind of get the red carpet laid out for them you know that's what i was dealing with people come from nfl europe the cats coming from the draft the people already on the team and me coming from another country plan that I already established myself in another country. So I was kind of like, I'm going to do my thing, but if it don't work out, <laughs> I'm going up to the bacon. <laughs> Gotta love the bacon. I love the Canadian bacon, family. Out of all the teams you played for, who was your favorite team? Toronto? Yeah, I say Toronto was because it was – because. You know, Toronto was because the experience how I got to Toronto, how it all happened. 
because I got released from the 49ers and I drove 29 hours back to Kansas City after I got released. They was like, you can stay another night in the hotel. I said, no, I'm out. Bye. <laughs> drove 29 hours straight from Santa Clara all the way to, to the killer. Got to the killer. Got a call from the organized and uh, two other teams. But Pinball was like, we want you. We heard you release. We was on the phone at like 3 in the morning for like three or four days. And then I drove to Toronto, 15 hours from Kansas City. And then got up there like after Labor Day. Labor Day, that's when I got, that's when a lot of NFL cats come. I got to play in the Labor Day, got player of the week, family. First week back, got player of the week. And then uh, took the team to the Great Cup. We played against y'all that year <laughs> when I got back from the league, bro. So I was on a tear it in the same way I did in 11, family. Because I took that kickoff return to go to the Great Cup. And then Wally didn't want to kick it to us in the Great Cup. <laughs> so, yeah, bro. He was giving us the biz. Yeah, so, that was so, fun, though, man. Uh, That's why I love it, because the, the, the camaraderie, even with the rival team, you play three, four teams a year. That shit is fun. That's shit fun. You're like, bro, I'm getting these boys this week. Yeah, we play them twice early in the year. Then we play them two more times later in the year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then you kind of build like a relationship with the players and the team. It ain't really no, it ain't no, nah, nigga, I'm going to blow you a crick. It ain't like that. It's like, well, we cool. I got you, though. You know, it's cool, though. You know what I'm saying? You got me. You mean, you know, it's like that. I don't really see that in the league, not knocking it. But if CFL players was getting paid like NFL players, people have so much a different outlook towards these CFL players, bro. Mm-hmm. Guarantee you. Guarantee. Even yeah. if you raise the salaries up 30%, if you could, you know, instead of getting 50000 what teachers make and, you know, trash men make, you know what I mean? This is pro football. I don't see no difference than the NFL and the CFL. Why wouldn't they look at a different approach after 100 years? Not knocking the league because it brought a lot of dreams come true for me. But I'm just saying, it gets, it's time for a new day and age. You know, just like just like we should all come up with something inside my mind right now. I invented a casino game, family. Talk about it. I invented a casino. I just want to let let see if it's if y'all if it's registered. I, okay, I it's registering. Yeah. Okay, you play Hold'em, right? Yeah. All right, let's make sure we sign a non-disclosure. Everybody signed it. Thank you. I don't tell my idea. I know it's a a hundred million people listening. But if y'all still have my idea, it's my idea. It's called Recop. Poker backwards, right? Yeah. You know how I spell poker? Spell it backwards, yeah. right? Yeah. So everybody know I play poker. You can play this with Omaha as well. So yeah. let me explain to you. So say we got six players sitting at the table. We'll be playing regular hold on. Everybody gets the cards. They two cards. The flop, turn, river, bow. C3 wins. Bow. So, how long, Ryan, how long has poker been out? Hold them, Texas Hold them. How many years? A couple hundred, probably. I don't know. Maybe 50 or more, right? Yeah, de- 50, yeah, more, more than 50. So, so, all this time this game's been out, the burn cards have never been used. Right. I invented a game where the burn cards are in play. Okay. So after hold them, say you win, you're in seat five, you win. Bow, good job. You just won 
a hundred dollar pot. Now, the dealer before she picks up the car, she leaves the burn cards. She puts the 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 thing on top of the burn cards, the three burn cards, and says recop, and everybody puts in ten dollars or five or whatever the amount is at the table. Yeah. So we all put in ten dollars or six players at the table. There's sixty dollars in the pot. Everybody yeah. gets two new cards, and the dealer turns over the burn cards, and y'all turn your cards over, and whoever has the best hit wins, and you go on to the next hold'em game. Nice. Now, awesome. when you do this with Omaha, you have to shuffle the cards and give everybody four new cards because there's not enough to deal and give out. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I have a big-time lawyer in Vancouver Yeah. who has a connection in Vegas at the Caesars Palace that puts games in casinos. I'm going to need investors, definitely, to even – or somebody to even play the game on TV. I got yep. there's a couple of private games in Edmonton out here where they uh there's a there's a few private games out here in Edmonton, like four or five. It's crazy. Yeah. But I don't gamble. I'm just trying to promote my game because it's a, it's a, it's it's over. It's a million dollar game, fam. Because yep. it's never been used. Poker burn cards never been used in poker ever. It's awesome. So Sounds we talked backwards, man. Yeah. So yeah. If you got somebody listening out there that want to, you know, help bring this invention of a black business owner come to life. <laughs> Apparently, Dante got an email yesterday saying we're ranked 102 in Canada for our podcast. So I don't know. If All right. Well, something. let's get it up to 50. Then. Let's push it up to 50. I got then a question for 25. you. I got a question for you, brother. So. You ain't got to go into detail, but I'm sure this is, I think this is a good opportunity for you to clarify some stuff. If you want to answer it, go ahead. If not, no biggie, but I got to ask you. So, yeah. I got my own personal opinion of it. Me and you have talked about it before. So I think right. it's cool. Oh, that's good. Um, what a, can, you, can you talk a little bit about the whole, because I think you're a Hall of Famer. In, in, the, in the Canadian football league. Can you talk, can you elaborate, can you talk, speak on the whole situation um, in regards to why you think that has not happened or that discussion is not taking place due to the, the, the lawsuit thing? Can you, are you, are you, are you okay with talking about a little bit of that? Uh, yeah, I don't mind talking about it. The lawsuit really is not really nothing to discuss because it's, it's like I said, I'm in arbitration with the with the league right now. We're trying to settle here at the end of August. Uh, I'm here to build the league up and make the game safer. That was my initial approach. It's never to tear the league down or bring the league down. It's never been about that. I love the league. I got so much respect for the league because it's helped me fulfill my dreams and probably a lot of other American players like myself dreams. So, and this gave me an insight of what life's about. So it was just to bring safety to the game. And because my son is going to be playing in professional football one day, he's at the university of Iowa now as a freshman in the big 10, you'll see him Arlen Bruce, the fourth, he's a slot back kick return. He can run the RPO. You'll see him. But yeah, that's what I visualize. Like, my, I won't let my youngest son play football. I just, it's too dangerous for him. I just see, he, I, I can see him just crumbling playing. So 
it's more about thinking about the future of the game and making it safer because it ain't like the days when I was growing up. It was like if you bleeding or you staggering or if you get up back in, you all right, you know. All through junior college, high school, it was like that. You know, the Ronnie Lott days, the Atwater days, but that shit is not what we on earth for. You know what I'm saying? That's not that's not the game. You got to be real with yourself because it was if it was one of your sons or one of your kids or somebody you know that got hurt like I did out there, you'd be like, they got to do something about this. Just like with gun violence. When somebody get killed, they like, we got to do something about the gun violence. Yeah. When somebody get laid out in a concussion, they're like, we got to do something about the game. Mm-hmm. It's the same effect, really, you know. So somebody had to step up, you know, just maybe because I'm not a white face. People didn't accept it more. I mean, that's just the reality. If, you know, somebody like Marco Anuzi would have filed a lawsuit, they'd appear like, oh, he's a Harvard guy. We, You know, not knocking him, but I'm just saying he had he had a similar concussion, but he recovered faster than I did. You know what I'm saying? So people people get people when they drink they they have different effects people when they get knocked out they have different effects you know what i'm saying so uh everybody's different like i said i i came to canada with my hands up and saying thank you to the whole country and i still feel that way you know all five teams i play for i don't have nothing bad to say about just the extracurricular activities got me involved but I want to see the game be greater for if my son ever played come up here. He won't be like, man, I don't want to go up there. They still paying 30000 Somebody has to address that. Somebody really has to address that and say, you know, because if I, I'm talking, I talked to two owners since the, since I've not played. And that's what I would want to be as a general manager or some type of shareholder in this league to like make it about the players. In every aspect, like make it about the players every day. Like, what do y'all need for y'all can perform at a high level? Not take it, not take advantage of the organization, but what do y'all need from the league and the organization and the owners and the GM to make y'all feel like I've arrived? I'm playing pro football. Not that everybody needs paparazzi, but you know, some type of damn. Can I leave my son? Ten thousand dollars when I'm dead and gone in this trust and this in this pension from this league, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Let me say this to clarify that. So, because I know you, you like myself, for the for the, I played eleven seasons up there, so nine of them I made six figures. I made some decent, some pretty good money in BC, right? So yourself, you were on the higher end because you know what you could do on that field, right? So no, I'm not putting our business out there. This is these these are facts. Um, we were on a higher higher scale, you know, for 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 what they're paying. But you would, what you said just earlier is addressing the bottom line. It's too much of a disparity, and I agree with you. You're still playing pro football. The same shit that can happen to you in the NFL can happen to you in Canada. Yeah. The same like I we me you I seen this and you seen this. There's guys have been draft picks in the league and can't get off a practice squad in Canada. So it, it ain't that don't 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 let that fool you either. Ricky Williams will tell you, Chad Johnson will tell you, Cam Wake will tell you, <laughs> you know, Warren Moon will tell you, Doug Flutie will tell you, and the list goes on and on and on. So let's not get it confused. You're doing the same type of work, the compensation has to has to increase. And I think 
I'm not going to be naive and, 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 and think that there's going to ever be on par again or more or greater than the NFL as it once was for a short period of time back in the 80s because, because there's, what, 40 million people in the whole country, coast to coast in Canada, and there's that many people just in my home state of California. Mm-hmm. So I get population how and and you don't have the tv uh revenue that the nfl has but but they print money every day they do arlen i agree with you but the here's and i'm and what we were talking about earlier when we first started when we first got on is that's why i said when i when me and you messaged the other day ryan about the possible merger it that's like it i think it's more of it's more conducive to the greater success of the game by adding xfl opposed to people getting their panties all in a bunch in Canada. Oh, we want to keep the game the same. Listen, man. I'm one of those people. And I, and I get it. I played the game for 11 years. It's, it's fun as shit. Like, I yeah. love it. You, you can't even tell Arlen that it's 12 on 12 and three downs once you get to playing it. Right. right? So it's, it's a great game and it's fun. However, if altering a couple rules of football, because everybody watches NFL, even Canadian, most Canadians watch NFL. So if, 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 if I'm saying for the greater good of this game and the quality of the product mm-hmm. to stay at an elite level, if we got to alter some of the rules to kind of look more similar to what the NFL Yeah, is, you got to have two feet in there, not just one foot. You got to do it. You yeah. got to. I think because as a, as a fan, I think we're doing a disservice to the, to the real football fan if you got su- – now this is another conversation that's that's been to pop off. You have subpar players who otherwise would not be playing pro football because of their passport. Let's let's keep it real, Arlen. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, guys on some teams that's they only on them teams because they got Canadian passports. So with that said, the NFL don't care where you from. It's the National Football League. If you from the moon and you can ball, you playing. It ain't no ratio. It ain't no I got to have a certain amount of this and a certain amount of that. So what I'm, I'm suggesting is if you want for the greater, the greater look and the greater success of the game in its entirety, mm-hmm. you have to sacrifice a few things here and there because you need yeah. that. Rep. Yeah, it's, you got you to gotta, you gotta have a, a, have a get, give and a take. So I got, I got two things for you, Dante. Number one is um, I was for the XFL thing until I heard some bullshit about multiple forward passes. And I don't know if that was just uh, like a rumor or it was an idea, but I thought, okay, like that's getting weird from that. That takes away from the game of football. Uh, and number two, I don't know if the NFL does this or not, but I remember two years ago, Chris Rainey lost the BC Lions rematch. Chris Rainey was playing with Montreal and it was a punt return and he lost on a rouge point. And I'm sure you two know what a rouge point is. I believe that uh, he stepped out of bounds on a punt and they copped up a point and ended up losing the game over it. I'm pretty sure that rule is not in the NFL. That was kind of fucking weird, right? Um, those are my two points, but I just, I don't you know. I think, I think every Canadian fan would agree. There are some rules that can be adjusted or added or edited, you know, you, you, even with the NFL and the NBA, there's some rules that can be edited. Everything's not perfect just because it's been running for 50, 60 years. Don't mean it's the right thing to do. People just aren't saying, Hey, why are we doing this? Why are we changing this? Nobody's, really say anything they're just going with it yeah but because you know because what if they did merge and make it you have to have two feet in in inbounds when you catch it that'll up people's play level 
Yeah. As a player, you're like, oh, shit, what you working on this week? We got to get two feet in. There ain't just one now. We got to drag the toe and get one foot down. That would take game to another level and make you work on your footwork, and that's what football is about. Yeah. It's like going from college, right, Arlen? NCAA, you could, I could chicken fight with you down the field until the ball's in the air. You can't do that in the league. And you only need one foot in college. Then when you get to the league, you need two. So I just for the, just for Arlen made a great point. That's why it's a one percentile professional athletes. We are elite level athletes to make it to that level and perform week in and week out for, for, for a period of time, some years. Like I said, I got over a decade. So yeah. when you, when you're talking about that, um, you, 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 and I, and I'm, a, and I'm gonna go ahead and say this. The pension in the CFL needs to needs to be better. It needs to it needs to mimic the NFL because there's money being generated. They got that TSN deal. There's money there. Mm-hmm. So you got a player that played eight, nine, ten, eleven years. Come on, man. That 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 man should be set up for the rest of his life. Yeah. If he, if he gives that amount of time and service to a professional sport and people who don't play professional sports, who never were good enough or, 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 or blessed enough to make it to that level, then they, they will understand when people say it's kind of like war it, that you can lose. Look at my man Hefney, right? Right. Arlen, his, his shit is like permanently messed up. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And he resorted to doing some illegal activity here in the States just so he could have money in his pocket. And he, and he played six, seven, eight years up there. That's crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You should not have to resort to, you know, you know, not you, if you, if you put in that much time in a professional league, you should not really have too many financial worries moving forward. I think I never had to really work in the off season when I played in the CFL. I really didn't. I always, I always spread my money out throughout the offseason. And and that's another thing, man. They uh you know how during like in the NFL you have different seminars to explain to people what they do with their finances, because they know you could be in the black tomorrow after off one play. Yeah. It ain't like that up here. It should be because because there's so many great players, Canadian and American players in this league. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, I've seen, a, you know, I, I came up here with the attitude like, oh man, can these Canadian players play? And then I got woke up myself like, oh shit, they really know how to do this waggle. I need to get in where I fit in. Cause my mentality was coming off like I was playing basketball, coming off a pick to learn how to do the waggle. You know, there's a, actually an art to learn how to do the waggle. And I learned that from a lot of Canadian players, how to really waggle. You know what I mean? And that's a skill, bro. Yeah. Because I see, because I, it took me about three or four years to really time it up and hit it running and to get the proper technique down. You know what I'm saying? But that's something that the NFL would never understand. Dante, <laughs> did, you, did, did you think it was going to be a cakewalk when you came up here, Dante? Yes. Yeah. I was, I was arrogant as shit. Like, like Arliss, I had dreads, I had a mouthful of gold teeth. I was, man, this, I'm supposed to be in the NFL. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? I had an injury. So um, when I got up there, um, I had an excellent training camp and uh, they cut the veteran guy for me, like after the first preseason game. And it's, you know, then when I got to the regular season, me and my homeboy, uh, Sam Young, we had a, 
we had a not too good showing against uh, Danny McManus. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they were my first four games in 2004. They was saying we couldn't cover better than their grandma cut us this because Wally told me 10 years later, nah, yeah, my senses, you know, you know, they didn't know what they were talking about, and I did. <laughs> so, I mean, going from being um, almost ran out of town my first few games in the Canadian Football League to being, you know, nominated for the Hall of Fame is, you know, speaks volumes. I was able to win a couple of championships and have a, a, a pretty good long career along with Corey Phillips. So, um, I'm thankful to the league. Um, you know, I was blessed and fortunate to be in one city for 11 seasons, one team, and really, uh, you know, become a That's fixture. rare, bro. That's rare. That's rare. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm thankful, but for Canada and Vancouver and British Columbia more specifically, because, you know, like I said, I'm a West Coast California kid and I was able to, you know, st you know, stay on the same coast for, for my entire career with one organization. And, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a match made in heaven for a long time. So I'm thankful for that. Um, I just feel like a lot of guys who come up there initially are like, I'm gonna rip this shit up. This ain't that. And then they get like, like, Ocho, he he was like that. He was like, man, this shit for real up here. Like he he's on record saying it, and I'm pretty yeah. sure if you were to have a conversation with uh Ricky Williams, he'd tell you the same thing. Yeah. So not a walk in the park. Like a lot of these players were on NFL teams, play elite level D1 football, like Arlen said earlier. Like you, there's draft picks, there's all kind of people. I mean, you know. And then once again, we've seen some more heralded, you know. NFL draft picks that came up there and didn't do nothing, couldn't even get off the practice squad. So, you know, that says yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I, play, I played with so many legendary people. I played with so many Heisman Trophy winners in Toronto, from Eric Crouch to Troy Smith in Montreal to Ricky Williams in Toronto to uh, Johnny Mitchell. I think he was a Heisman Trophy candidate or a first-round draft pick. Um but man, it was it's, it's amazing to be able to you know run through different players like that. Vander Jack, you know, well known, yeah, kicker, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, the CFL is great, man. I have no complaints about it. I would just change, tweak some things, and bring the value up because they've been they've been around a hundred years. They should they deserve they they medals now, not when it's you know not deserve it. It's it should be an upgrade, man, because. When my son comes up, man, or y'all kids come up, you want them to be like, man, this is a rich league, bro. We making they making the same money because in the, in, in America they don't say we're gonna sign him because he's American. If he can play, he can play, like you said earlier. Right, no ratio. You know, it should be the same thing. If you can play and you don't have a criminal record, you should be able to play football and get paid yeah. handsomely, and not have to really work in the off season and focus on football for two, three years or however long your contract is. Yeah. Don't you, I was just going to say really quick. Um, one of the reasons why I think you were able to play 11 years of the BC Lions is you were basically the poster boy and the protege of what a pro athlete in Vancouver was supposed to do your work ethic, you know, your mentality, you had the whole thing. And I think that they really tried to, you know, say, you know, that this is, this is this is a pro athlete, you know, to show the young ones. Maybe that's why you were there for so long. I don't know. Pretty hard to let that go, right? Right, but it, but once again, it was the it, it was the drive and the, the competitive nature. I had to go against guys like Arlen, man. I had to go against 
and Tony Miles. Um, Arlen played mostly in the slot, so he, I, I didn't cover him too much early on in my career because he was inside, but I, you know, I think I covered him here and there, but guys like Arlen, guys like Tony Miles, guys like uh, uh, old school Ed Hervey when he was still playing in Edmonton, Jason Tucker, uh, 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 Mookie Mitch, like they, uh, one of my one of my wide receiver coaches in BC, T. Moore, Travis Moore, he, yeah. he gets to this day because I hit him low in Saskatchewan. <laughs> yeah. So came up in that area. Arlen is, 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 is in the same area. We came through there, I think in the golden era, like at, at the CFL was at its highest height, you know, during our, our tenure up there, you know, in terms of the, the skill level and the competitive nature. Yeah. So, you know, I had to, I, I had to bust my ass cause I wasn't trying to get embarrassed on television going against them dudes, man, this shit is real. Like people don't yeah. understand what it is to cover up there. You got 65 yards wide. The NFL or the US, US football field is 53.4. Yeah. That's like 11 yards. Okay. Yeah. The end zone is damn 20 yards. So, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I, it, it ain't 10. I got the, this man running the back of the end zone and run around it, turning sound like football. Like that's, and he could go in motion. He could back up 15 yards and haul ass at me. That's fucking difficult. Yeah. <laughs> to cover, I bet it is too. And I play both ways too. Defense and offense. <laughs> so, so Arlen could tell I you. Play Machiavelli. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I tell you, it's it was uh like I said when he when he finally came to BC, I had a greater appreciation for him as a uh, as a as a player, but as a human because once again, you're seeing all the negative shit, you know, in the paper or on TSN, and how that whole how your how your tenure ended in Toronto that shit was like blown out of proportion. Once you were in the locker room with me and on my team, I was like, wait a minute, this dude ain't, this dude ain't what they said he was. This dude is actually a cool ass dude. And he, he come to work every day. Like and he- Every he day. Every day, he go. And I know in BC for, for me, I never was on that veteran shit. Like I would go, watch out, let me, I'll push the little, um the rookie dudes out the way or the, or the, or the, or, or the uh, the uh, practice roster guys out the way. And even though my, my, my period for starting defense was done, I was service Arlen and G-Roy to do scout team. Cause I, I, I always wanted to work on me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, shit, we playing, um, you know, Calgary this week. I'm going to be a DA or BB. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to press you. I'm going to do all this. So we, we, it was so competitive in practice, man. And, and, and I think that's why we were so good for so long in Vancouver, because every day was like a game, like for real, for real. it wasn't no days off. It wasn't no, it wasn't no yeah. country uh, pro athlete shit. Yeah. Arlen, did you well, have I got, a- I got, a, I got another note for y'all. I, I do, I do have a life other than uh, working with athletes and entertainers. I do like to have fun myself. So I work with an agency out here in Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan for adult entertainment. If y'all looking for people who, uh, uh, if you look, if you're having a stag party or you're having a bachelor party or you're looking to have a private party for the long weekend, I got, uh, I got, I got a few. I don't have, I have access to ladies that can come and entertain for you for a fee and they do it professionally, the high-end professionals that will travel to you anywhere in Canada pretty much and 
and and entertain you for two three hours. Guys, you bro, you the goat, <laughs> you the motherfucking goat. That's do I gotta pay? Do I gotta pay their uh, their travel fees to get over to Port Alberni? Probably, eh? Uh, you know what? They do have ferries, right? So they yes, will. Sir. They will say, okay, it's going to take us four or five hours to get there. This is going to be my rate. I got you. So, for example, if you're looking for entertainment for maybe your brother's getting graduating, you want to have a party for him. You could have the girls for three hours for about $250 a girl. So that's 500 for three hours. And then they'll do lap dances and entertain you. But there's no sex in the boom boom room. It's just entertainment. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, that's, that's what I do for fun, just to keep my life young and healthy and fresh and live. So I always have something to talk about. That's awesome. So I just actually just got off a eight-hour trip two days ago from going to an event to scout and you know promote yeah that's awesome so within about two hours uh probably made about twenty eight hundred dollars nice he got his hands and everything these girls are committed and they professionals it's fun i drive them so i don't have a problem i drive i drive them so <laughs> Y'all keep that in mind during the season. If it's a long Labor Day weekend, y'all in Edmonton, you know the re- the, the the Alberta rematch. If y'all looking, hey man, we having a football Labor Day weekend party. Y'all come to Edmonton or Vancouver or Whistler. I'm naming all the cities. I can get them to you. All right, Saskatchewan, Whistler, Vancouver, Edmonton. Okay. Yeah, that's what's in my mind. <laughs> what's in your mind? <laughs> And I already took the Suns to win it because if Atoko Muchap, what's his name, if Giannis, if he take 30 more minutes to shoot a free throw, I'm turning the game off. <laughs> Bro, all that extra, all that extra before the ball. And, and come on, man, shoot the ball. Bro, I swear, I promise you, bro. I went to the bathroom. He was still at the free throw line. I washed my hands, got a new towel, changed the toilet thing. Wipe the seat off, wash my hands again. He was still at the free throw. I said, all right, this is this is ridiculous now. This is ridiculous, man. Too much. Arlen, do you have a favorite great cup between the two that you won? I do have a favorite one, man. The 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 2011 one is so meaningful because cause what the team was going through. And I'm a team player. You know, I yeah. do like my accolades because I put in the work to get my accolades. And like, I just don't do shit and look for accolades. Yeah. But I seen from what I was going through in my career, you know, because they brought in Chris Williams. Remember the little fast Chris Williams? Yes. Yeah. They brought in him and Hamilton and gave him cheaper. I said, Lil Williams, bro, be careful, bro. Bobo Villa, bitch, you got to watch him, bro. If you... If you ain't doing something now, they get you up out of here. I was like, watch, bro. Look, it happened to me. So they got they paid him as soon as they traded me. But yeah. they didn't want to pay me. 
You know what I'm saying? But I wouldn't press him. I was just like, hey, coach, you know, this year's coming up. I'm going to be a free agent. You know, they didn't want to pay me. So they paid Chris, and he got hurt, and I wouldn't want a great cup. So I take them chances all day. But uh, that was an amazing feeling, man, because Vancouver, when I got there, it just like, I just got another fresh, a breath of fresh air, man, seeing the sky trains and the mountains and the ocean and living downtown on Georgia and Butte every day and commuting to work, have my yeah. Escalade. It was, it was like, I felt like I was back in the league. Yeah. You know, it was, it was that feeling, man. It was, it was, and then the players I had on the team, they were so real because it's crazy because a week before I got traded, they came to me at, at, at the at the at an event and said we heard you getting traded. We heard you might be getting traded from Jarius to Corey to Dante and a few other people. It's like, bro, we heard they was trying to trade you. Like, if they don't want you, we'll take you. Yeah. And I was like, bro, I didn't even know. I didn't even hear about that. So I went back to Hamilton the next day at practice. And I went to the head coach's office and the GM. I said, man, I heard y'all was trying to trade me. And Bob Obilovich and Marcel Belfay was like, no, that's just the media trying to get a rumor started. Man, a day later, they was like, oh, you talked to Wally. Uh, we're going to change you to BC. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. All right, all right, cool. Y'all just sent me closer to the Great Cup. That's what I told him. I said, I'll see y'all get my stuff. You know what I mean? So I didn't want to live in Hamilton anyway. Nothing against Hamilton fans. But I was living in a shithole out there anyway because I just got traded. I had to pack up all my shit from Toronto and Mississauga and move. So I really was in between both. I was kind of still kind of heated. But I ended up getting nominated for MVP with the Tie Cats and then changed my number to number one in the second season there. And then uh, Wally was like, I usually don't give people number one, but for you, I'm going to give you number one. Because he cut the, he said, I cut the guy that had number one before you got here. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the guy that number one, number one, family? Yeah, Dante, you should know. Uh, Casey was number one. No, he was a DB. Oh, the little young cat from Florida. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know you talk about legit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he cut it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was a man. I got to wear my number. I got to be around some real ones, man. I'm telling you, man. Jarius Jackson, Dante Mars, Corey Banks, man. Them boys, every day was like a new day. It was just so fun and made you want to come to work every day, from the weight room to after practice, during the week, road trips. Everything was just phenomenal, bro. And we yeah. won at a $600 million stadium. That even capped it off. I had my music playing there. It was it was it was great. Man. It was perfect. We should have won back to back, but you know how that goes. That's one thing I regret is not going to a game at Empire when you guys played the one a half season or the season outside. I yeah, I fucking dropped the ball on that. I, I, I only I, played there twice. I didn't like Empire. I mean, I always had a BC Lions. What was Empire like, Dante? It was decent, wasn't it? I didn't like Empire only because we had the makeshift shower shit. You know what I mean? Uh, okay, yeah. The trailers. Yeah, it, I mean, it was cool. Like, I'm a, I'm a pro, so I, shit, I'm gonna make it do what it do. But yeah, playing there versus in DC place is it's it's not even close. When we got back in that in that building, when they retrofitted the the roof, 
You know what yeah. I mean? Back home for a year and some change after a hiatus, you know, playing at the makeshift joint. Um, it was man, it's nothing like it. It's nothing no. like it. And then and then when when Arlen, that 2011 season when he came over, we hosted the Grey Cup that year. So it was really a home game for us. Yeah. You know, and it was it was surreal, man. You talking sixty plus thousand people going ape shit. Yeah. Like we Yeah, knew. I played in the Big Ten, man. So you know, like it's a difference going to Michigan Stadium, Ohio State Stadium, and going to Illinois and Northwestern Stadium. And when I went to Empire Stadium, when I first got traded there and we played there or they announced me or whatever, I was like, this feels like a college atmosphere, like a like an Illinois kind of like Big Ten feel. Wasn't a big school like in the Big Ten, like a Michigan or Ohio State, but more like a Northwestern or Nebraska kind of feel, you know what I mean? It wasn't that big stadium. But when we moved to that $600 million stadium and all the fans was in there, oh! Yeah. I was like, I was like thank you, Hamilton. I want to call Bob O'Brien and send him flying out there. I, I, I've <laughs> then never I been... seen him the day before the Great Cup at the award ceremony. They was like, they start calling me Renato West. But then they told me to take it off at practice. But then when they see me at the Great Cup, they're like, what's up, we're not correct? You see, we're not correct is just a name, just an African name. It means handsome king, bro. It's just my son, my last son got his breath in his name. Archias Nation Reth Bright Bruce. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that name change. Yeah, man, it was just uh, – you know, I, I don't feel like I'm not a racist person. I just I'm just in tune with my with my ancestors and my culture and my yeah. history, how we got here and yeah. things like that. So I always do my searching and spread the knowledge. Yeah. So it was more of that saying, you know, I respect my last name and my ancestors and my family, but it's a slave name. You know, right. that's not the names that we were given when we were in Africa and ancient Egypt and things like that. You know, that's what I believe in. But I rolled with it, and uh, I chose that name, you know, because I believe my ancestors helped build those pyramids. That's what I believe in my heart, and I'm going go to I'm gonna die saying that. Yep. So there's 96 pyramids in, in Egypt. So I'm just saying, you know, my, my ancestors had something to do with that. So I just did my research and came up with Handsome King. You know, yep. and then they took it as if I was being racist or anti-Semitic, which I don't even know what the fuck that means. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it, if you Google me on YouTube, if you look on YouTube or Google, my picture comes up when you put in Renato Ref on YouTube okay. and my videos come up, yeah. So that's just that's just like uh, Jay-Z's name ain't Jay-Z. Right. So they've seen an athlete in Canada doing it. So, see, if I was an NFL player making $10 million a year and my chain, my name, they'd be like, oh, bro, we ride with him. That's what's up, bro. We, we know you. But you a CFL, they thinking low class, just trying to be on TV, trying to get some recognition to blow up. You know what I mean? You can feel that, bro. You, that's why the CFL, somebody need Jeff Bezos need to come holler at the CFL and put $10 million in each team. That's yeah. what somebody, bro, for real, somebody win these $300 million lottos and all this shit, like, 
Why wouldn't you invest in a league to see football if you love it that much? All these owners that all got all these 50 million. Bro, it's like going to a casino. I'm going to put 10 on this black and I'm going to put 20 on this red and see what happens. Yeah. I'm betting on myself. Yeah. If I'm an owner of a CFL team, I'm going to bet on myself. Bro, I'm going to invest $25 million in this team this year. Just see what it do. I got $50 million. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm bless each team with an extra two million to bring their salary up. Why ain't nobody talking about that after 100 years, bro? That's what I, that's what I want to see. If I get this settlement with this, with this, whether I get 600,000 or a million, I'm gonna invest in the CFL. I want to, I say that on record. I will invest <laughs> some portion of this money that I'm about to get in this lawsuit and invest it into one of these teams. I'll pick. Four teams and say, look, let me get serious with you with this money to get back to the league. I do that. And they'll say, inside the mind's got to be in, in part of this, too. There you go. Thank you, sir. You know I appreciate saying? that. I was going to say, you got you to invest in the BC Lions, man. Yeah. All right. Well, look at uh, different reasons behind it. But, I mean, look at Chad Johnson changes to Ocho Cinco. It's plastered all over the back. You know, whatever. No big deal, right? What's What's the difference? Yeah. NFL, CFL. No, yeah, well, that is the difference. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he did it in the NFL. People accept it because it's entertainment. It's entertainment. It's high entertainment. And if somebody do something to the silver, oh, they copy in the NFL because they're not making the same money. If we was making the same money, they wouldn't be saying that. They'd be like, bro, did you see what he did in the CFL? Oh, that shit was clean. You know what I'm saying? And and honestly, yeah. that's that's just like the that's just like the touchdown thing. I mean, let, let let the man fucking celebrate. Come on. That's what I'm as a fan. That's what I'm paying to see. I want to see you celebrate a touchdown. Why not? I, I think I, I'm going to tell you why. For so long, that was that was a penalty and everybody. You just you you got you got some some I don't want to call them purists, but that's what I mean. That's the term I'm going to use. You have certain individuals that do shit you know, for a long period of time and they get stale and they're, they're older and they can't relate to the next wave. Of, yeah. Right. So they just always see it one way. That's just like Tom Coughlin was having the hardest time his last tenure as a head coach, because he can't, you can't coach these, these guys the way you coached 20, 30 years ago. That shit don't work. Right. For right. Example, me, and, me and Arlen came up in that era where you got cussed at, at Pop Warner back in the 80s and 90s. And that, I mean, it was, we had tough, thick skin. It was different back then. Now you can't even talk to these kids like that because, you know, their parents is so sensitive. Everything is so sensitive now. So you have to, you have to learn different type of ways to communicate. And that's why, you know, I was, I'm being successful as a trainer, mentor, and coach because I'm not far removed from the game and I'm still in some hellified shape. So I get out there with them. I know what these athletes' bodies feel like because I was an athlete at that high level for so long. I know what it takes to become great at doing it because I did the shit for a long period of time versus me just, you know, watching a YouTube video on how to <laughs> how to do the shit. Like, I really did it. So yeah. you have to be able to reinvent yourself. I think the young people, my, my son is 19. I coached him one year in high school. I coached high school one year and I coached my son and it was it was tough, but... I, he wasn't my son. I was his coach at practice and I demanded the best, right? Um, I just feel like, yes, they are weird. They're different. 
you know, they're, they're, they're very talented. I think they're more athletic than we were at the same time because they have the resources. Trainers didn't exist when we came up. We did a lot of this shit at the park. We learned how to shake people playing throw it up tackles, smear the queer, whatever you want to call it. We didn't have drills to show you how to shake somebody. You know what I mean? So we were always outside playing multiple sports. Um, I think with the resources that are available to these kids now, if they just have that old school work ethic, they'll be unstoppable because they got YouTube. They got all these trainers and, and, and seven on seven camps and all this other shit. It's like almost fail proof. If a kid fails in 2021, a, a, a young student athlete, then they like, that's like almost unheard of. If they, if they utilize the resources that are available to them, they should never fail because it's, it's just so much available to them at this, at this stage of the game for them to be able to excel. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I just like, even with my coaching, I'm in what six, seven years of uh, coaching and yeah. you know, I'm seeing it. I've seen the change in player from just when we played Arlington now, like it's, it's weird, man. You guys don't want to, yeah. Don't want to put in the work they you know they want to be they consumed with being on instagram and before we get off i kind of wanted to touch on that i was having a conversation earlier about the whole the ncaa passing the um rule about the the, the players being able to uh you know um capitalize on their their likeness and their and you know you know getting you know uh, uh monetary uh uh awards for their likeness and this and what have you um i do believe that it's always should have been that way Mm-hmm. And you know, NCAA, if you're listening, we need back pay. <laughs> but, yeah. but I do think it could mess yeah. the game up because you're going to have cats with phones on the sideline, Arlen. You're going to have cats. They already so thirsty for attention. These cats rather be on Twitter acting like they're the guy than actually being the guy. It's going to make so, it worse. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's a recipe for something to go. You could go two, two, diff- two different ways. I do think these young athletes have been exploited. We've all been exploited. I played Division One college football at Fresno State. I think we all have been exploited by the NCAA because uh, they did. You know, they're bringing these games and bowl games bring in Google's money, and we don't see none of that. And then the whole excuse for decades and decades a day: Well, you're getting a free education. No, it's not free because if I decide, I wake up one morning and decide not to play football, they're not paying for my education anymore. No, mm-hmm. so it's not for free. So my whole thing is. Uh, yeah, the player should be compensated more or you could have just went up on scholarship checks. But I think when you, when you, I don't know, man, I see, I see good and bad on both sides. I see the bad. I mean, see is all, all I can do as a dad who has a son in college yeah. and see what happens. Yeah. All I can do is say, son, focus on football in school. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're going to get paid eventually. The school's going to make sure everybody get the same amount of pay eventually so don't focus on the money like that yeah focus on the uh you know like the end goal right i mean if you're gonna make money the money will be there to be made when you're ready to make it right now like you said get through school and you know well i mean you 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 like i said i here here's where you're gonna run into an issue Let's say you have a, let's, okay, we'll use Najee Harris. He's a, he's a, he's a Bay Area kid running back Alabama, which went first round to the Steelers, right? Yeah. So let's go back to when he was at Alabama. Now, a Najee Harris can obviously generate way more money than a running back at Cal Poly <laughs> or, yeah. or 
or or uh, Eastern Washington. So now, you know, now it's turning into one of those things. So I just I'm I'm waiting to see how this all plays out. Um, yeah. it, it can it can be good. Some of these some of these uh, young athletes can can set themselves up, you know, financially and be set for life before they even graduate college, which is an awesome thing because a lot of these players, you know, and let me say athletes across all different sports, they may not have the pro prospects that some of the other athletes have. So after college, you know, their athletic career is over. So you- Well, since you said that, that's something Nick Lewis is working on. It's about monetizing off your stats. I think Damon Allen is doing something like that or what is the athlete coin? Gotcha. Uh, you should talk to him before his event this weekend. It'd be, I think it'd be a great interview. Because we already, we had Nick Lewis on. So we got both those cats on. Oh, he already talked about what he's doing with the UFFAS? Before that, I believe. Yeah, he talked about a few things, but he was, he was. Well, they're launching it this weekend. They were launching, they launches this weekend. I bet. Yeah. yeah. But. He he has a lot of different programs that he's working with that can monetize players like yourself and myself, where our kids kids can eat off this platform. We did talk about that actually. Me and him had a conversation. We was okay. You know, we were talking. Yeah. About that's that and that and that's that's kind of where me and Ryan, when we when we talked about this podcast, that's kind of where I envision it to go. It's like we need to have former players on here to talk about like you, you know, you, you gave all yourself the plugs and that's what this is for. This yeah. Arlen, Arlen Bruce is, Arlen Bruce the third is more than a guy that used to catch touchdowns and people need to know that. And um, I always use the, you know, when I first got up to the CFL, like I said, I had dreads, mouth full of gold teeth, I got them covered in tattoos. Um, I've, I've, I can recall having interviews early on in my career and before I started talking, I was perceived to be one way. And then when I started to have the interview and articulate myself, the, 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 the reporters started looking at me weird. Like we didn't expect that to come from, come from, you know, you know, that look Arlen, he looked like, you know, he, you know, he from Oakland. He, he, and we didn't expect him to articulate. Yeah. Himself. Yeah. Hi, feeling right quick. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, <laughs> <laughs> that 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 I really I really kind of you know laughed on the inside about that and I was looking forward to those reactions because just because we from a place does not mean that we are ignorant and we're you know not intelligent so you can't judge a book by its cover so you know that's right you, you that, that that's one of the main goals of 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 for me my vision in terms of you know bringing on former athletes is to you know get plugged put your plugs out there. Let people know what you got going on post-football career. Let people know that you're more than just somebody that was entertaining people in the stands because there's a, you, you're not, you're not Arlen Bruce, the third, the football player. You're Arlen Bruce, the third that happened to play football. That's yeah. one of your. And got fined a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember I got fined 4,000, 3,500, 1,500 for the Spider-Man mask, for the Michael Jackson Man, for the socks. Oh man, I got fired probably every week, bro. I ain't getting a letter about my my dress code, but I mean, you know, whatever. You got a letter about your dress code? I used to get fired all the time. You're not showing enough white. What? 
Now they go out there with all black, everything. Oh, man. I'm so mad about it. Hey, hey Marsh. Man, they used to come to me every warm-up. Oh, you cannot wear that. Oh, you got to bring your socks up. I'm like, man, come on. Let me stretch, man. Let me warm up for the game. Right, right, That's right. Awesome. You no, know, they be on me, bro, because my dress code was so sweet, they could not stand it. <laughs> Tell me, this is not the Dante Marsh rule. This is the Canadian Football League rule. Better show the right amount of white on them socks. Marsh, speaking about your dress code, I saw your uh, white Nikes last night in the picture with your suit. That looked really good. That was that was good. I was gonna comment, but I was like, oh, I'll just leave it. Change it up, man. I hey, I could get, I clean up well. I will yeah. say that. That's gonna be the first time I ever saw somebody with a white pair of you know Nike sneakers on with a suit. I've never seen that before. You did that last night, and it looked excellent. My homeboys did it back in the '90s. Like, uh, remember when the uh, patent leather Jordans first came out, Arlen? Yes, sir. Prom in the tux with the with the J's on. So yeah, yeah. I, I, oh yeah, my son's up on it. He wear he do that. Yeah, so hey, I, uh, I wear Stacy Adams though with my suits. I wear, I got Stacy Adams, but I'm telling you, Arlen, man, them, them, them tennis shoes are so comfortable, dog. Anyway. I, I wore some Chuck Taylors with a suit before, some low toppers for some. You know, the dress shoes after, after, after a few hours, man, that shit ain't no good on your feet, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I'm a big Doc Martens guy. I got a pair of uh, Doc Martens with the, with the, uh, right blue, the Union Jack on the Doc Martens. Looks sick. I'd pull them out, but they're in the other room. But anyways. You already know it. So, yeah, man, Arlen, we're going to have to get you back on here, too, man. I'm a, uh, what Actually, what we can do, Ryan, what we talked about before, we'll get a, a 2011 BC line um, Grey Cup team reunion with some of the guys. Yes, sir. We got to get on that. I think that'll be dope. Yeah, we got to get on that soon. So y'all going to be at the Grey Cup December 12th? I'm going to get up there, man. What? So what's the border like? Got to be vaccinated. Uh, well, I won't be coming. No. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be like that in August or September. I hope not. I hope not, because that's where the, that's the route they're going down right now. There won't be anybody coming across the, the border anyways by, you know, uh, by driving over without being vaccinated. I'm talking about so, flying. I, yeah, I don't know, man. I well, don't know. Violating all your all your hip all your all your personal rights are out through the fucking window if you're not vaccinated. You can't you can't they can't do that. And there's so many lawsuits right now. Uh, a bunch of colleges try to tell students they couldn't come back to school because they weren't vaccinated. There's a bunch of lawsuits for that. So well, I'm, I'm not. I haven't got a shot. I'm good. I'm all right right now. I didn't have a shot when I scored that hundred yard touchdown. <laughs> Arlen, one more thing, quick before we head out. Uh, since you're in Edmonton right now, what do you think about the name change? To the Elks. Oh, I love it. Okay. I love it. I think it's good for nature. And uh, if you ride around here, you'll see a lot of moose and elks on yeah. the highway in yeah. Alberta. Yeah. So I think it's good for, I think it's good for the country. It's a, it's a nature name. You know, it's not nothing that's, that's derogatory. Yeah. I think yeah. it's fitting. I actually, uh, I actually went down to the Edmonton Elks facility two weeks ago and presented them uh, water uh, labeling for their company. Nice. So I made five sparkling bottled waters and hand sanitizers to match with it. Yeah. And took it to the president, Chris Preston, the president and CEO of the company. 
and yeah. talked to his advisor, Courtney Place, and uh, they're they're reviewing if they want to put it in Circle K's or at their stores right now. Nice. So I'm, work, I'm working with them, and I also have a limo service that I'm going to be working with them during the season. Their first game is August 7th. Here. Commonwealth? That's right. Yeah. I don't like the name changes. I'm sorry. Yeah, Dante, I'm kind of with you on that. Um, the one thing I did look like at is- the look at the emblem. Go look at the helmet. That helmet is nice with the uh the, the, I'm, the- saying, I'm saying this is what I'm saying, Arlen. I it could be nice. I'm just saying. Here we go again with all this. Uh, you know, like the Washington Redskins are always gonna be the Redskins to me. Yeah, me too. I'm not calling them the Washington football team. Doing that shit with the Washington Redskins. Um, I graduated from McClellan's High School in West Oakland. We have a slew, a laundry list of phenomenal athletes. Bill Russell went to my high school. Like we have a, a lot of them, and we are the Warriors. And they just kind of changed our mascot. Like, I'm just, I'm over it, dog. Like, we got to stop being so sensitive. What did they change it to? It's, it's, they try to like, and I get why, you know, they doing it, Arlen. Mm-hmm. I get it. you know, supposedly derogatory or this or that, but it's been that way for so long. Why change it? I, I think it's I think it's only derogatory if you make it derogatory. Right. But my whole point initially, this shit should have happened initially. It was derogatory when it was first created. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. I'm 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 very woke <laughs> and I'm with all the all the smoke about things of that nature, <clears throat> especially when we talk about race and, 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 and social class and socioeconomic uh, issues, but I'm just not, when it comes to sports and you're talking about the names of the, the mascots, I'm just not on board with that. Like, it doesn't offend me personally. I mean, I'm the Washington Redskins. That's all I've known my 42 years of life. So I don't, I don't really see the Kansas City. So you know, I think I think we need to leave stuff like that alone and focus on more pressing issues like uh, police brutality and, and, you know, you know. Well, it, it gets as far as like the Vancouver Canucks. So Canuck is actually a French Canadian as, as far as I remember. So you could say like um, I, I, I'm taking offense to a name, you know, after a French Canadian. So you got to change the Canuck name now. Like, come on, like, where does it end? Right, that's and that's my point. And that is the point. And why the hell, if Washington's going to change their fucking football team name, why not have a fucking team name to change it to instead of the Washington football team? Come on, <laughs> come on. I feel like we yeah, get to the wrong they got all that money came up, come up with a name. What they said four or five years from now or some shit like that? Come on. I'm just like I said, they the Eskimos. I don't see nothing derogatory about that. In fact, it actually brings awareness to Eskimos because I was yeah. so you know ignorant to the fact of just like the demographic prior to coming up to Canada I didn't really know too much about Canada I, I knew about Jeff Garcia Doug Flutie Warren Moon a couple guys and Rocket Ismail but I didn't really know I thought the, all of Canada was hella cold people lived in igloos and because I didn't know right yeah. so, you know I, they only I, do that in Edmonton <laughs> but okay thus you know the name right yeah <laughs> So I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. I think when we start to do that, it's not the Confederate flag, bro. You get what I'm saying? It's 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 yeah. it's, it's not that. It's not a it's not a damn you know white sheet 
over somebody's head. It's not I don't, for me. And this is my own personal opinion. These are Dante Marshall's opinions and thoughts, right? So to me, I don't think it's so offensive to the point where we're going to, like you, like you say, it's, and that's where I'm at. Where does it stop? Mm-hmm. It's going to keep going on and on and on. And next thing you know, it's just the cancel culture is just fucking taking over. And it's, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. It's, we got to stop being sensitive as a, as a community, as a society, as a whole. Like I, everything is so sensitive now. And it goes back to what I was talking about earlier when if you can identify as a, so you could wake up tomorrow and say, I identify as a woman and now you're allowed to go into the women's bathroom. That's, that, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that's a little too fucked up for me, man. Exactly. So it's like, where do we, where do we draw the line and say, you know, it's okay to be an alpha male again. It's okay to be masculine. I think there's a huge problem in the world right now when you talk about um, men being men. You know, yeah. I, we need to get back to when men were men because this shit that's going on right now, it's, it's, it's not helping. It's not helping our young men. We got a lot of little boys that are chronologically age, men age, but they're, they haven't grown up and they're very immature and they have a lot of feminine traits. So I, I think I think this whole cancel culture thing and this, the you know all the Me Too movement and some of this stuff is being taken too far, and it's it's actually making a problem bigger. And we it's okay to be a manly man. I'm a father. I have a son and a daughter, and I'm an alpha male all along. And I don't see anything wrong with being a man, like a real man. Yeah. And I think we need we need to get back to that. As a, as a society because we, we're so, like I said, we're so sensitive and that's where I think we're having all these, uh, it's like we can't make up our mind. It's like when, when I seen this video of a woman complaining because she felt uncomfortable because there was a man with a penis, male genitalia, who identified as a woman to then was allowed to go into the spa area where women go all because they identify dude, you were born a man, bro. You're not a woman. So I don't care what you identify as. You can't go in the woman's area. I got a 12-year-old daughter. My daughter should not be subjected. Yeah, to yeah, I'm with you on that. So that's, that's where I have a problem with this. Stuff. I'm not homophobic. I'm not transgender phobic. I'm just what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. One plus one has been two for 42 years of my life. So I don't yeah. I don't. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're, you know, if you're transgender and you've got that operation done or whatever, you know, whatever procedure is involved and you no longer have a penis, then fine. I get it. But as soon as you're a man who says I'm a woman, but you have a penis and you're in, you know, with women, children, whatever, I got a problem with that. There's something yeah. wrong with that. So, um, yeah, we just, I, you know, and I'm using that. I don't as- talk about the LGBTQ community, <laughs> politics or religion. Smart because we'll be here all night. I'm just, I'm just making a point, and I and I, you know, it, it just bothered me because once again, I'm a father of a young man and a and a, and a and a girl that will soon be, you know, becoming a woman, and you know, she shouldn't have to be subjected to feeling uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? With a man inside their personal space in a spa because that man identified as a woman, I, and then. What killed me was what made me just so like confused was like the actual spa people were like validating that. Like, well, we can't discriminate. So here's why I'm 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 kind of running on a tangent about this subject is because 
we know we in trouble when we start to put, we're more worried about, you know, uh, discriminating against a transgender versus having a, a, a man identifying as a woman with a penis in there with women. Y'all get what I'm talking about? Like, take, take the map and flip it upside down. That's the world. It's flipped upside down right now. Yeah. Yeah. Only the strong survive because the world's in a shift right now. If you're not mentally tough, bro, you can fall in it. Bro, even the nicest people like myself got into an altercation with somebody. And I'm a good-hearted person. I, well, I'll give you five, six, seven times to disrespect me before I even say something to you. You know what I mean? But the world is in a shift when I'm like, damn, how am I getting into it with these people? I don't even bother nobody. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. 13 years of hard work and watch film 80 hours a week or more. Like, how you going to tell me? Because you went to theory of football, you think you know how to run a post quarter? You know what I'm saying? Hold up. You think you know how to play cover two when it's three seconds left? You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, right. I tell you, the world's in the shit, bro. People ain't getting it. You got to be mentally tough now, fam. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because there's a lot of mental illness going on out there, fam. Definitely. Male and female, old and young. Definitely. Yeah. Well, man, we're going to get you back on, Arlen, man. We gotta, I got I to get out of here, but, man, it's been Yeah, a man, I appreciate y'all taking the time to have me on, man. Yeah, thanks, Arlen. It was nice to meet you. It was nice having you on. Um, but yeah, thanks a lot for coming on. And we need to uh, set up that. Uh, we'll have a, you know multiple players on one of these days and get that rolling. Definitely. Let's do That's it. great. Please send me your email so I can send those cases out to y'all. If y'all want to get private label, send me an email about how we can get a mock one set up. Yeah, that'd be great. And uh, Arlen also as well, we'll talk about the uh, the advertising thing too. Because that's definitely something I'm interested in to get some advertising on the show. So, oh, guarantee whatever you would like, man. Just send me an email. I'll reach out to my people and I'll get back with you in a day or so. Awesome. Thanks very much. I yeah, appreciate that. Thing, Ryan. Dante, nice meeting you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Inside the Minds podcast with Dante Marsh and Ryan Hyde. Check out our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter accounts to see our upcoming show announcements links to our previous shows and sound bites and don't forget to hit that follow button while you're there hey this is logan bandy hi this is zane frazier this is art jimerson chris Rainey. this is boots electric and thank you for joining me on my special guest spot on inside the minds podcast where everybody wants to be if they're smart good field position start play action first gonna load it up but he's short on the throw intercepted dante marsh has his 30th career interception and a good return back into ottawa territory well the usually strong-armed henry burris comes up short